1: That's
0: been his game his whole career, but I look at him smiling. We go, My My bad. Bad. <laughs> the long two My <laughs> <My bad. laughs> welcome everyone to another episode of The Long Two. I am Pete Rogers, he is Natty Wallach, and we are Camelos Anthony Podcast that occasionally talks fantasy basketball natty how you doing today what's up and howdy pete how you doing i'm good i'm good we've had our first game of the nba finals first of all standing ovation for chris paul and Giannis Antetokounmpo making their first nba finals well done for sure well done to all of those uh all of those involved and uh and yeah game one occurred there's lots of thoughts lots of overreactions to be had and so uh That's what we're doing today. So where do you want to start off, Natty?
1: Let's overreact first.
0: Perfect. Do you think
1: either team will win?
0: No, I think it's going to be a tie. I think this is going to be the first time in NBA history that it will just end
1: at game six in a tie and there won't be a game seven. That would be the cherry on top of this condensed season. Just
0: to really stick it to Chris Paul. Just be like, you know what, you got so close, but
1: fuck you. That's so funny. That's true. Yeah. Sarver is like, uh, I don't have enough money, guys. Sorry. No. We're,
0: we're not gonna we're not gonna play a game seven. I apologize. Uh what kind of catastrophe would have to occur? Not that we're like rooting for a catastrophe on this podcast, but like what 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 would have to happen for there not to be a game seven? Like uh like an asteroid hits.
1: I think actually realistically, if One or both teams had multiple COVID cases. I think Uh, you'd have to shut down for a hot sack, wouldn't you? That's a good point. Yeah, that is true. We
0: got that crazy, crazy variant making its way through the continental U.S. So make sure if you haven't already, go get your vax. um, Yeah, please do. Because there's a new
1: variant out there as well. Lambda.
0: Got to protect yourself. Protect those that you love and those that, well, I mean, maybe you're lukewarm on, but still, every human deserves living, right? And every human deserves love.
1: And keep those masks up, because you don't want to get a summer cold. You don't want to get the flu. And, um, you know, better safe than sorry these days.
0: So, so far, our overreaction from game one has been the world is going to go up in a ball of COVID smoke again. So... I
1: think that's a valid or I think that's a valid or both reaction. snake bit franchises like get snake bit again. Yeah, exactly. Somehow, somehow both COVID find cobra a way. cobra strikes.
0: <laughs> both somehow find a way to uh to lose this game uh, or lose this series in game seven, uh, which would be very impressive. Um, well, I think the first my overreaction is uh, if Bud doesn't learn how to make adjustments, is there any? any way that they're going to stop Chris Paul in the pick and roll because he was just absolutely abusing Brooke Lopez. They would switch onto him and then Paul would just kind of slowly dribble up to the free throw line and then just hit a mid range jumper. And he did that with regularity uh, on his way to a rather impressive game one. Um, I know you have all the stats and info right in front of you, Natty, um, but I, but he had, he dropped like 30 plus, right?
1: Yeah, he is the first one. Where is this since Michael Jordan? Oh, that seems who like a good,
0: good reference.
1: Went like twenty and nine with assists for their first uh, for their first playoff game. Yeah. Um, he was fantastic. He abused Big Bobby Portishead as well. He
0: was um, everyone, everyone in the switch, and until until Bud finally was like, maybe we play Giannis at the five again. And then guess what? Uh, The the Bucks go on a not a huge wave, but like they suddenly make it a game in the fourth because you know Chris Middleton starts continues to hit a whole bunch of Chris Middleton had what uh, seventeen points in the second half, so that seems
1: pretty good. The Bucks won the fourth quarter. Yeah, they they outscored the Suns um, and Brolo. Neither Brolo nor Portishead played. More, I, I think it was like 25 seconds combined or something in the fourth. Um, the adjustments that have occurred in the playoffs, I think, can be separated into two baskets. The first basket is injury. Mm. So like Ty Lu's personnel decisions and who started and who didn't. Uh, a lot of it was dictated by who could actually play and who couldn't. And not just the Clippers, but because Ka- because Kawhi was out. Um, and then the other basket are just actual coaching adjustments. And I think that both Ty Lue and Coach Bud have sort of showed that they're not afraid of a seven-game series, and they'll yeah. use the first two games to recalibrate see what works to see what won't because every team that you meet in the playoffs is a new challenge and since you actually have days off and can practice that means that you can work more on scheme you can look more at film and that's incredibly important in this condensed season so i think that bud will change but i don't know if it'll be drastic because even though the Bucks shot well from three, they shot 44% from three in game one. Um, you know, if they just play a little bit better, then the the score doesn't look as lopsided. And again, they won the fourth quarter. So perhaps going small or at least not playing um, Brolo and Portis as much might be the biggest change even though the variation in minutes might not be as huge like they might still get their minutes it's just that they're not starting or playing yeah, well against
0: the i'll tell you something that doesn't work uh when chris paul torches you for 32 shooting 63 percent from the field 57 percent from the three uh and the whole sun's team going basically perfect from the line i think the only miss was jay crowder because of course because jay crowder put together the phenomenal stat line of one point, nine rebounds, one block, two turnovers, two personal fouls, and a plus 19 plus minus, which was the absolute best in the game. Uh, yeah. Which is just yeah. like, that's incredible. Like, that is a phenomenal stat line. Round of applause for Jay Crowder.
1: 0 oh, for 5, excuse me, 0 oh, for 5 from three point, 0 oh, for 8 overall, one of two from the line, as you said. The only and miss still ended up unreal. Yeah. yeah, the Suns went 25 of 26 from the line, um, which is 96%. The Bucks went nine of 16, which is yeah.
0: 56%. Which 12 with 12 of those being Giannis. Only Drew Holiday, yeah. Brooke Lopez went to the line outside of once. It was all Giannis, and then Drew went two for two, and, and Brooke missed his two shots at the free throw line. But like the Bucks have to like that was the biggest difference. I would say certainly through the first half of this game, right? Through the first half, it was an even game going into going into halftime. And then, you know, you had Chris Paul dueling Chris Middleton. Chris Paul put up 16 in the third quarter, uh, coming out of half and just decided to take over this game because he was putting poor. I guess it was Bobby Portis who was playing both Bobby and Brooke. Brooke Lopez played seven minutes in the fourth quarter, Bobby Portis played six. Unacceptable. Uh and then in the six, in the fourth quarter, Brooke Lopez played it was
1: zero minutes. So Chris Middleton took 26 shots in game one. That is the most shots anybody took. Mm. He was five for 12 on three. Again, the bucks shot pretty well, 44% from outside. That wasn't their problem. However, just in terms of shot attempts, Devin Booker went eight for 21. Also not great. That was second most in the game. CP three, 12, of 19, 19 shots was third bro. 14 shots, he went 7 of 14, and as you said, only played three quarters. Then Drew Holiday went 4 of 14. Mikhail Bridges went 5 of 13. And then Giannis had the seventh most shot attempts in this game. He went 6 for 11. And then, as you said, uh, not great from the line. Basically, the Bucks' free throw percentage from this game looks like a Giannis free throw percentage mm stat um Giannis played 35 minutes and shot less than burlo See who let's also say
0: uh, Giannis played 35 minutes after exploding his knee uh in in the what eastern conference fin- like not nah, he didn't literally explode his knee but certainly everyone was it looked in a, like it though right everyone was in extreme panic that and, and he came back played 35 minutes 20 points 17 boards Four assists, two steals, one insane block on yeah. uh, on who was it? It was Mikel Bridges, I think. Uh yeah. Where if you watch the tape, I, I I was watching it in real time, and then I went back and slowed it down. Giannis starts, well, he starts from the far end of the court, tracks the whole thing down. It's absurd to watch, but he from like two feet beyond the three-point line. Two strides and he blocks the shot. Like he covers like 20 30 plus 30 feet, 25 feet in two strides. It's it, the man is I, I wish there was a name that he had, like a nickname he had to truly describe how just like abnormal he was. Um I feel like that's something. I feel like there's something there like like the like the I don't know, like uh Mediterranean Tasmanian.
1: i feel like that well that has a ring to it when i was watching it i thought that he left his feet before the pass had even been completed like he because it was was just like it's it's," happening and his strides are so long i mean you can see it all happening it's insane Um, and it's just another one like it seems like blocks are really the signature um moment in finals over the past like Five years like everyone's been, or I, you know, LeBron's is the most famous, but it's amazing how much ground these guys can cover now. And Giannis, it's like if he's full on going at a hundred percent, it's like three steps from half court it's to insane. being able to lay the ball in. Yeah, it's it's crazy. Um, and the fact that neither team really looked awful. Like, I didn't think, like, the Bucks played like shit. It was right. just that Drew Holiday didn't look good. Oh. And all oh. of a sudden, it's just like, this is a Chris Middleton game because he's the only guy that can actually stay out there and create. Um, it was, you know, I think the Suns, like, shot 70% from in the paint. And, you know, against the much-heralded largeness of the bucks that seems a little bit weird like you said cp3 he's just you know weaving all throughout this forest of huge ass dudes in arms and you know him and booker can shoot from mid-range so much better than anybody else right that the bucks defensive schemes are sort of nullified like if they if they drop back and surrender the mid-range, then Booker and CP3 will probably torch them. But if they switch everything, then that means that Drew won't end up being the primary defender on one of the sun's guards, which means that if it's not Giannis, then you're probably going to get fucked because right. it's either Porter or Brolo. So they like, I, I saw something crazy. Like Drew was only the primary defender on one of those guys, like seven out of all of their attempts and drives. Not good. And that's, but which which on the why, other hand, which is if why you, you have you become, don't switch, then you get fucked. Right. Well, so, that's why you
0: play Giannis at the five, because then you have Giannis, Drew Holiday, Chris Middleton, Pat Connington, and Brian Forbes, which at least, like, they played that in the fourth. They had middling success. Everyone on the Bucks was plus uh, during that. You could throw P.J. Tucker in there, too, a little bit. P.J. Tucker wasn't terrible
1: uh, in game but one. But he's so limited offensively, right, at least right. – from how the team uses him and he's yeah. not there if to stop co- like Kevin Durant or right. if his Kawhi three or isn't Jordan. there.
0: Um also update the Mediterranean alien.
1: Oh
0: right. Okay. I feel like that's catchy. the
1: Mediterranean.
0: Ooh no you tried too hard. No the Mediterranean alien I apologize. Mediterranean alien. Uh, I think that I think that'll catch on. I think that that's I feel like there was a there was a a a void there to be filled for like a good Giannis nickname because you don't, don't like um, Greek
1: Freak? Oh. Uh, now you killed my bit. You killed my bit. The the heat just got to you, buddy. Oh. Also, like, no one really calls him the Freak anymore. It's just Giannis. Like, yeah. he's ascended to the oh, point yeah. where it's he's just the one man. name. It's Just his one name, yeah. The Mediterranean killed sure. my bet, though. Of course, I know the Greek freak natty. It was a joke. Damn it. But it's been a while since anyone's written. Like, he's not a freak anymore. He is a fucking Adonis, yeah. you know. Like it is he the Giannis looks-
0: Adonis. <gasps> oh,
1: that's not bad. That's I it. Like that. That's it. That's it. That's See, it. There you go. We should start Good making teamwork, t-shirts.
0: buddy. Air high five. <laughs> Giannis yeah, Adonis. Yeah, start selling some merch from your site. Um, we should uh we should really be profiting off of these amazing names that we are coming up with. Um as we f- continue to recap game one and discuss all of the finer uh, the finer points, can I be the first to politely ask the basketball world? Can we, tell me if I'm wrong here, Natty. Tell me if I'm just being a bitter old man. Can we cool yeah. it a little bit? Just a little bit. Just a teeny, 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 tiny bit on the DeAndre Aiton love. Just, oh. just a little bit. Oh, just really? a little bit. I love him. He's been great in this playoffs, but it's just it's just getting a little over the top. Like they had the stat where it was you know 50, DeAndre eight and fifteen points, fifteen boards, and the first time in the you know is the first time that has happened in someone's first final game since Tim Duncan back in I don't know ninety. Yeah. Like. Oh, and also when Giannis did it in the exact same game with a hobbled leg. So, I mean. That's a fair point. That's totally <laughs> maybe, a fair maybe point. Just like I know he's been, I know he's been, he's been, he he's almost single handedly been putting the like uh, traditional centers are dead narrative to bed. Like he is proving that you can have a traditional center in in today's NBA and and still make a really big impact. You just need a point guard like Chris Ball, who who I mean. He, you know, he's thriving off of, he's, he's an extremely intelligent pick and roller and he knows how to get to the hoop and how to give, uh, both Booker and CP3 space, uh, when driving to the hoop, yada, yada, yada. I just, I'm not saying, I'm not saying to cool it to the point where we're like now trying to, trying to say that he's overrated by any stretch of the imagination, just like, you know, he's, he's good. He's good. We can all, we can all accept the fact that he is good. And maybe we don't need to like, Launch him into this echelon of like. I feel like I feel like people are going to come away from this finals and just the way that the media is talking about uh, DeAndre Ayton that like DeAndre Ayton is going to be. People are going to. It's like what happened with Bam last year in the finals. You know what I mean? Sure. Where it's like going into then 2022, everyone's going to be like, oh, DeAndre Ayton is like one of the, you know, ten best young players in the NBA, and it's like maybe he is but also maybe he just got hot for like a month and he is a very good NBA player, but he's not a guy
1: who you'd start to build your franchise with, which, you know, I think that NBA fans like to see big succeed. I think they also like to see little guys succeed. So the combination of we Chris Paul, who is six foot and you know, gigantic DeAndre Ayton, I think sort of is maybe not sentimental, but I think fans do like seeing uh, that combination. And like when Brolo had that big game, everyone's sure. was like, Oh man, that's basketball. Like remember when he was an all-star and just oh. controlled the paint and ever, and then had to, Those you good know, old reimagine his years. Right. Yeah, exactly. 20 and 10 though. I just, mean, just when you have Mr. that on your fantasy team, oh, you yeah. love the fucking shit out of it.
0: Oh yeah. And he would give you his two blocks. He was
1: good time. I, I savvy the, uh, the Aiton thoughts mainly because he's 22 years old. This is his third season and I don't want to go too crazy and put too much pressure on him. Totally. However, I would like to counter with a few things just two stats. Hit me. One stat is a composite of several others. Okay, so he's shooting 70% in the postseason. That's fucking good. No matter what time, what era, who you're playing, 70% is what his field goal percentage is in the playoffs. So that's nice. That seems good. DeAndre Ayton has 43 total personal fouls in the postseason so far okay 43 in 17 total playoff games rudy gobert had 46 total fouls in 11 games Giannis has 48 total fouls in 16 games paul george had 59 in 19 games and john collins had 59 in 18. so the nicest thing about Aiton's play is that he's been effective without fouling people. Mm-hmm. He's doing all of this while playing a very mature, refined game where you're not fucking yourself. And mm-hmm. he's gone up against really difficult teams that you would almost expect. Like, all right, well, just beat the shit out of that guy. You know, like, you're, you're our big. He's you're, been great. People no, up. yeah, yeah. He's not hurting the team. And when it's his chance to actually provide offense, he's making the most of it at a historic level. So is he a top 10 player? No, but he's playing like one of the safest, most competent players in the postseason that we've seen for quite a while. Like the fact that he's so young and he's being so efficient and so not careful, but, he like he's just not throwing his arms. He, has he fouled out? I don't. I don't think, so. I don't think like, so. There's he's playing so well with the other sons that I do think it's worth talking about. Sure. You know, like if you redrafted, would you take Luca first? Yeah, of course you would. Would you take Trey over DeAndre Ayton? Uh, I think that's a flip, but I wouldn't hate you if you took Ice Trey over over Ayton. But I he's. In the finals before those guys, and you can't dismiss the scoreboard. He's playing so, so well and so much older, Mm. you know, than Mm. you would think. But his athleticism is on full display, and I'm just incredibly impressed with him. You usually don't see bigs play at this level this young, and having CP3 and Booker there has really just helped him blossom into, you know, you're not concerned about him being the third best player on a playoff team. You, you have seen that you can succeed with him in that station. So I'm, I definitely have i I'm more optimistic about his future NBA career, even though he's a big and, you know, like over the next five years, he's probably going to miss at least one season, just judging from how injuries usually happen with people that large. but, He's he's been phenomenal for these sons and especially for CP3, who hates mistakes, who hates people that not hates people, but hates it when people fuck themselves like his Aiton's almost most impressive feat is not pissing off Chris Paul (laughs) as much as we thought he would it's true no chris paul has done wonders i mean at this point natty
0: we have to start talking about chris paul as not just a hall of fame point guard but like as a hall of fame team lifter like a team tied lifter like he was on that Rockets team that was arguably you know was one of the if not the best team in the nba and should have been a finals team if everyone didn't suddenly get injured uh He then made the thunder a 50 plus win team when they were actively trying not to be. And then he takes the Suns, who were like a 32 win team the year before uh, second best record in the West. And now are in the, in the finals, like Chris Paul, not only hall of fame point guard, also hall of fame, uh, like team builder. Dude. And he elevated the Pelicans when he was drafted. It's true. Like here's a question for you. This has been, I've, this has been, I've seen this batted around, uh, the, the, uh, the NBA Twitters and the NBA podcasts. When Chris Paul retires, let's, let's assume Chris Paul, if it changes your, if it changes your calculations, let's assume Chris Paul and the Suns win the finals. What team do you remember Chris Paul as in his career? What team
1: does he retire as? Uh, uh, I hate to say this, but I feel like the first paragraph, like the, one of the first things I think of when I think of the point God is he almost was a Laker. And then David it has to be. I mean,
0: David Stern <laughs> was like, yeah, no, hard pass on that one.
1: And then he would have been with Kobe and who knows if that works out. I mean, it might've been matter versus antimatter, and the whole planets destroyed. Can you
0: imagine those two on the same team? Like you're totally right. Either it clicks and it's just, one of the most dominant, if not the most dominant backcourts in like NBA history, Uh, or the two of them literally kill each other on, like murder each other on the courts.
1: But sometimes when you have dudes like that, that demand the best, no matter what, sometimes they can be good partners because it's like, all right, well, that's that's
0: why Kobe and Shaq weren't notorious, you know, famously.
1: It, it worked well enough for them. Well, they honored, they yes. got some rings out of it. Um, CP3, if he wins the finals, I think he retires like his jersey would be a son's jersey unless he won a couple with, you know, another team. Um, but, you know, like this is an impossible contract to trade. Like, this is the worst contract in the NBA. He's so old. These short guards, they don't age well. They don't help you win championships. Uh, so much over the past three to four years has really changed in the NBA. And CP3 is, what, 36? Like, a guy like him could maybe play till he's 40. So, I, you know, I don't know. Maybe he opts in this year for the Suns. Maybe he wants a new contract. Maybe the Suns don't actually want to pay him knowing sarver um you know even if they won the title i could see sarver being like well we got our chip like i, I don't like really if know suns, if, we... if the
0: suns win then i think cp does a, a quad i think you have a quai departure sure where it's just like yeah. both in like thank you for your time we appreciate your service
1: you
0: know go get paid elsewhere or go you know try to i don't know bring the next to relevancy
1: yeah or we do some kind of sign a trade. Like I I wouldn't be surprised if Chris Paul is not on the suns next year, no matter what occurs, uh, just knowing that franchise, but he is absolutely one of the best point guards in NBA history. And Oh, for sure. That's with or without a finals. But I do feel like this is the culmination of a lot of things for him. And it's almost fitting that it's in a weird year, you know, like this is such a new, feeling for NBA fans cuz no one on the court has won a finals before and over the past decade we've been used to seeing the same people over and over and over again. Jay Crowder is the only one that's ever even played in a finals and the Heat lost last year that's when true. he was with them. Um so this is all brand new and I kind of wonder if the fact that CP is such a vet and this is maybe his best chance that that kind of determination like the the things that we love about chris paul might almost be emphasized in this series and he's just not gonna fucking let them uh uh, you know injuries have been the thing that have derailed him in the past if he can stay healthy then i think they'll win yeah no
0: i think so well this is a perfect a perfect transition then Because let us talk our overall thoughts for the series. I was a little surprised to see—tell me if I'm wrong—that the Suns minus three hundred and the Bucks plus two forty to uh, to win the series. I was surprised to see the Suns that overwhelming favorites. Was that before we knew Giannis was playing? That was that's currently that is I am looking I just looked at oh uh, after
1: they won the first game
0: okay. after they won the first game but you but you're right but also we knew Giannis is playing that was them after game one that's right now on FanDuel sports books you can get that right now seems a little rich in my opinion given the fact that Giannis looked pretty good coming back in his first game and you're hoping that this is like the moment for bud to shine in uh you know maybe he's finally internalized all of these uh everyone on the nba world being like bud you need to learn how to change and bud's like nope i won't i won't i won't until finally uh the nba finals and he's like now i'm gonna fucking destroy all your minds by changing so hard it's gonna just you're just gonna like melt uh with with i don't even know wonder um do you think the Suns are that heavily should be that heavily favored to win the series?
1: I do not because I feel like we've seen enough in this playoffs to suggest that even being down two games to nothing doesn't mean that you're out. I mean so let's call upon the uh the Los Angeles Clippers who made that their MO. And you know, there's there are certain things for the Bucks like they missed 19 shots in the paint you know it like makes that's... a lot of gimmies yeah and and drew was just he he was 0 for 4 from outside um so if the bucks can keep their perimeter shooting up and also improve their interior scoring which has been their trademark then i do sort of feel like they have at least a 50-50 chance um the free throws are are tough though yeah and we've talked about this before in terms of playoffs. Like if you if you just can't hit your free throws, then that changes the entire outlook of the game.
0: Um, Can I quickly say something about free throws? Go for it. I'm so mother effing glad the NBA is changing the encroachment on your personal space landing rule, whatever it is. Because God, the the effing kickout thing is the most in- infuriating thing i uh, just there was a there was play where devin booker it was in the fourth or in the third devin booker gets it and he's going to he's sweeping across the court and he goes to pull up a shoot and then his foot just like kicks out 15 feet in the air and uh true holiday who can't stop just runs into it thank god they called it as an offensive foul because it was but The the NBA needs to figure out this uh, this whole landing thing, this kicking out and trying to like purposely hit someone with your foot when you're in the shooting. mode. I don't know. Anyways, the NBA is taking steps to it. It's just it's sloppy and I hate it. And that's my final words on it.
1: I mean, I totally agree with you. It seems weird to me that if you kick someone, you're not the guy that fouled the other person. Like you're literally kicking somebody in midair, and so it's a technicality, obviously. But you can also see that it's bullshit. So um, changing that, I think, is common sense. And you know, as soon as they start calling it next season, I, I think people will stop doing it as much anyway. I hope um, so. Yeah, because it's all you. You don't want to have fans feeling like, oh, they won because of technicalities. That's right. always the worst thing you can uh have as a sports league where fans feel you know just totally gypped because it's like it's like the megatron megatron non-catch like everyone in the world was like that is a fucking touchdown catch but the rules say yeah um speaking of free throws the suns are number one in free throw percentage in these playoffs hitting 87 percent of their freebies um they are last 16th in free-throw attempts per game, though. The Bucks, on the other hand, are 15th in free-throw percentage in the playoffs at 70%. That's the second worst. They are also 15th in free-throw attempts, so second-fewest. So they're the second worst at getting to the line, and they're the second worst at making those shots, while the Suns don't get to the line that much, but they make it count when they do. Um, And they're the only two teams in the playoffs, by the way, who average under 20 free throw attempts per game, which I found kind of weird. Like, it's just strange that the two teams that go to the line the least are the ones that ended up in the playoffs. Usually you have dudes going to the line all the time. Um, Let's see. The Suns shot 32% from three. I don't think that's going to keep happening. Like Booker was one for eight from outside, Crowder was 0 for 5. So I think that their perimeter shots will start going in, and maybe the Bucks will start going down. Um Sarich is out, by the way, for the Suns. Yeah, the Taurus Taurus, oh,
0: terrible news. Dude,
1: and without Dante DiFincenzo, and by the fucking way, just imagine Bogdan Bogdanovich oh. on this Bucks team right now. The playmaking, the scoring. Like it would it's dangerously arousing. It's I, I don't know if they would be favored, but I do sort of feel like people would feel it's closer because that man you you could really use another dude who's not fucking Bobby Portis or Brent Forbes. Um, also, the Bucks rebounded thirty percent of their misses in the playoffs so far. In Game One, they only rebounded twenty percent of their misses. Now some of that's Aiden, but it's also bad luck. So maybe that um regresses a little bit too. I you know, I can see like I don't feel like the Bucks would blow out the Suns or anything like that, but I can see where there are places on the margin where if you have just a little more good luck, then the score is closer at the very least. And then in the fourth quarter, who's who knows? Um, you know, I expect there to be a Giannis game if he's a hundred percent, right. I expect there to be a Booker game too, though. Um, so, you know, it's like Giannis had 20 points, 17 rebounds, five personal fouls. He went seven for 12 from the floor. Aiton was 22 and 19, three personal fouls, six for six from the line. Like you can just see how, the Suns aren't hurting themselves, and the Bucks truly, truly are. Um, but again, you know, Drew Holiday shot shitty, and we've seen him shoot do better than that. Uh, also, there's no point in having Drew Holiday on your team if he's not going to be one of the defenders on the other team's backcourt. Like if they keep just getting right, 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 him right. switched out, like, then his like whole thing there's
0: is no defense. Point. So what are we? Yeah. What are we
1: doing to yeah. Right. If he's not going to be able to help you offensively, then you better damn well make sure that he's helping you defensively. So they just can't let that happen anymore. Um, let's see. The Suns had nine turnovers. The Bucks had 13. You know, like that's it, that's about Chris Paul, really, and about how the Suns are profesh with their ball handling. But it's also like, all right, the Bucks weren't that bad if they, you know, maybe... Take two of those turnovers off, then you maybe you have four more points. Who knows? Um, Both teams took 88 shots, including threes. I thought that was interesting. The Suns went 41 of 88. They averaged 85 field goal attempts per game in the playoffs before that game. The Bucks shot 40 of 88, and they averaged 91. So the game was slower than the Bucs would like. And the Bucs just didn't get as many transition opportunities. And, you know, when they got opportunities, they didn't make the most of them. Meanwhile, CP3 is, you know, taking 20 seconds off the clock every time they have a possession because mm-hmm. he's just waiting for a switch. And then, you know, he just blows by Bobby Portis. It, like, some of it was just embarrassing. You can just see It was see terrible. Paul. He was just being patient. I mean, he like, well, switch. I'm going to sw- get what I want.
0: Right. They'd switch and he would just like be like, great. And then just dribble, 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 grinning the entire time, I'm sure. And then would just, you know, two steps to the right and then blow by them. I mean, there was one where he drove to the hoop and Bobby Portis just was a turnstile and there was no right. one in the paint. And he He, he was like six feet behind him. Right. Easy for And it was
1: like, oh my God, this is, bud, do something, please, God. And then, you know, the distribution that the Suns have, you know, like just passing out, it's, you know, Mikhail Bridges was useful. There's, you know, losing Sarich, I think, hurts a little bit, but maybe that just is a silver lining because now you just sort of more depend on the cams Johnson and uh, right. the campaign and well, and
0: it means uh, Frank Kaminsky is going to get, you know, five minutes game, which we all really want to see in the finals.
1: They're definitely going to play him when they go back to Wisconsin for sure. Absolutely. There will be some it. people wearing Absolutely Frank the tank it. Wisco jerseys. It's what I, everyone, I believe. everyone
0: wants to see. I mean, I just want to say someone pointed this out on, on Twitter and you got to be on like great draft pick by Michael Jordan. Great draft pick, he is in an NBA final right now. Like, that is exactly what you want from a lottery pick. So, it was,
1: was that Rich Cho that was drafting those dudes? I mean, they had so many misses for just so a long. Great,
0: just a truly, just, truly great pick. Uh, and definitely, definitely great that you didn't trade it for six first round picks from Danny Ainge, who really wanted Justice Winslow for whatever godforsaken reason.
1: Yeah, that is a, that
0: was a fork bullet in the
1: road. Bullet oh, dodged. Yeah, God, that almost makes up for like all the other mistakes
0: that that H made or God, didn't make. That was that was that was rough. Uh, let's talk uh, finals MVP because I always loved predicting way too early who we could possibly see win it and. Chris Ball is the favorite in terms of odds at minus 143. Devin Booker, plus 300. Giannis, plus 600, which is kind of spicy because if the Bucks win, is it not going to be Yadis? Because um,
1: maybe it's Middleton. What are Middleton's odds? Plus 700. 8 and yeah, a 1,000. kind of like Holiday, that
0: one. Drew Holiday, 2,000. Mckel Bridges, 10,000. Jay Crowder, 15,000. Cameron Johnson, 15,000. Then the one you're going to love, Natty. Brooke Lopez, 20,000 plus 20,000 <laughs> to win NBA Finals MVP. What would it take for Brooke Lopez to win NBA Finals
1: MVP? I think it would take Giannis getting injured, <laughs> to be honest with you. <laughs> We're like not there's laughing just about be- an injury, but just laughing at the scenario that would occur. Like we just saw in game one that you can't close the game with Brolo at least not the way that the Bucs have been using him so even though Brolo is one of the most talented players on the Bucs and can play in the post and can shoot from outside he's like this really well-rounded player and it's really impressive what he's been able to do with his career but if you can't fucking stop those Suns guards then you just can't be out there right because that's the team like DeAndre Ayton isn't going to beat you by himself he's there complimenting Booker and CP three. He's the one getting the lobs. He's the one in the PNR. Like there's, there would have to be a seismic change in the personnel, I think for Brolo to be able to get that. (laughs) But, you know, like this has been such a strange two years. Anything could happen. You know, like there's, I, I, I like the Middleton odds because I do feel like that the bucks in this postseason, if Middleton's shots are going in, then they win. If they're not, then they lose. So even more so than Giannis, like the Bucks go how Middleton goes. Um, and if he has, you know, five amazing games and they're able to, you know, win four of them, then I think that he could probably get MVP over Giannis, especially if Giannis, you know, plays less and shoots less. I can't believe how few shots he had compared to the rest Zero of the team. Shots. But like the the fourth quarter, we think, should herald a change in the lineup. And I don't know if it will, at least not the starting lineup. Like they, I mean, they just didn't play Brolo in the fourth. Real, They went, you know, quote unquote small. And maybe they'll just do that again, but maybe they'll go to it quicker. I still yeah. feel like Brooke Lopez is going to start. But okay. yeah, so I don't know. I mean, they they have to be able to figure out that defense because you can't just let the guards kill you from mid range, but you also can't let them kill you by just switch, switch, switching. Switched, and then right. all of a sudden, like Drew holidays on the other side of the goddamn court and <laughs> Barolo, who is good, but can't defend these little fucking quick ass guards. Right.
0: You don't want like Brolo. that's not his job. Um. All right. For a month in 2019, Brooke Lopez on the Bucks averaged 14.6 points per game. Six point nine rebounds, one point six assists, two blocks, uh, yeah. plus seven. Shot forty-two percent from three on five on six attempts per game, and shot fifty mm-hmm. percent uh, from the field on nine and a half attempts per game. Could that <laughs> would that win Finals MVP if he was putting up those numbers throughout the finals and was a three-point shooter and had a couple like massive three-point shots when Giannis went down? If Giannis goes down.
1: I mean, when's the last time there was an MVP who wasn't scoring at least 18 or 20? Well, what did Iggy score? Did Iggy. Oh, won that's it? a great point. That's it, a great point.
0: Iggy yeah. won it just because he played defense on LeBron. And then in retrospect, everyone's now looking back on that, like, well, it probably should have gone to stuff,
1: <laughs> but everyone was so impressed so because impressed. like apex LeBron is an unstoppable force. Right. And anytime anyone can affect that, you're like, Oh shit. Okay. That's cool. Good for you. Um, yeah, I like... The idea that it would be anyone beside Chris or Giannis is pretty extreme to me, but I, you know, strangest Drew, season
0: ever, dude. Drew Holiday at plus 2,000 is kind of saucy because Drew Holiday is good enough to be the best player on the court.
1: Sure. If he's and game five and he's, six, Drew. Right. If, yeah. he's,
0: if he's super locked in and he's playing not only he's not only getting you like 30 points a game but he's also playing lockdown defense on either booker or cp3 like if all of a sudden booker i mean booker didn't have a great game one but if cp3 after that game one where he's averaging you know 60 uh 60 from the field 100 for the free throw line 50 for three if if they just are like all right drew holiday you are fighting over screens we are yeah. You know, it's you are on Chris Paul and you are running all over the court. You are you are Clay Thompson, you know, their best player throughout the rest of the series. And Chris Paul, you know, still averages like 20 a game, maybe, or or yeah, 20 a game, but he's shooting 30% from the field. He's, you know, going one for nine from three or one for five from three. Um, and Drew Holiday on the flip side is averaging like 20. Five plus plus per game and, and he's putting up good numbers and good assists like that's not a bad narrative for him to uh to get that if he is if his defense is the deciding is like the clear turning point it's a saucy narrative right
1: there and that's why he's there right the right that's exactly why you traded. goddamn yep. fucking reason yep. that you traded all those picks and gave him all that money was because he is a good two-way player and the only way you can beat the other team you can't stop cp3 just like you can't stop lebron you have to make them work for it right if you can exhaust them enough on the defensive end then maybe you know cracks start to show and the rest of the team like gets a little demoralized and maybe they have more clunkers and it's a little bit mental but it's also just like leaving everything out on the court because fuck you. I know I can't stop you. I know that, but I'm going to make you work for it because that's all I have left. That's all I have left. And the fact that game one is basically a lost game for drew. Like you're not there to defend the backcourt and you didn't shoot well. So what was the point of that? Right. Like, and that's, that's bad coaching. I mean, there, the game did change in the second half. But when the Bucks went on their run, it was because, I forget if it was both CP3 and Aiton were out, or because Booker and Aiton were out, but like two of the three stars were out. And as soon as they came back in, then the Suns came roaring back. So it's like, that's a bit of a mirage that run that the Bucks went on. Um, you, you, You can't waste Drew. His whole purpose for being there is to defend the other backcourt. If you can't figure out a way for him to do that, then you're a bad coach. So yeah, yep. just like tell him you're stuck on Chris Paul's hip. You're yep. stuck on it. And if he gets past you, then we're going to depend on our length and, you know, our elite interior defense, by we the have way,
0: the Giannis Adonis there to just clean up your messes
1: in the paint. Dude, and Middleton's long, and P.J. Tucker is ferocious, and then there's Brolo. So, like, this is a... They're both really, really good defensive teams. Yeah. It's just, for whatever reason, the Bucs couldn't figure out that the Suns were going to try to nullify Drew Holiday, and, you know, they just couldn't recover from that. I mean, they ended up winning the fourth quarter, but it was by, like, one point. So, um, it just wasn't enough. But, you know, the idea that Drew won't play better than that, I think is also pretty unlikely. Agreed.
0: All right. Well, before we go, do you have any final uh, thoughts and tidbits on uh, game one and uh, the future series, the future of the uh, NBA finals
1: from game one, I feel like the Suns are definitely going to win. I don't think it'll be a sweep, but um, and you know, it's not a series until you lose on your home court. So uh, the Suns taking the first game at home in front of a packed arena isn't too surprising, I think.
0: Nah, I don't think so
1: either. So I don't really, you know, and the Bucks, we've been talking about it. They they can be so dumb sometimes, but then they keep advancing throughout these playoffs. And you can't just dismiss it as luck. So I, you know. Short I don't concise. feel great about the Bucks. Uh Suns in five. Suns in five.
0: Okay. Okay. How about you? Yep. I oh damn. I I I I think the Suns are the team of destiny. And I think I'll yeah. go I'll go sons in six. I think you're gonna get yeah, yeah, sons and six. But yes, I think the suns are the team of destiny. Things are clicking too well. Giannis has this is great that Giannis has gotten here. The the Bucks have gotten here. This is the like awesome. We've we've kind of gotten over the first hurdle. Giannis is going to stay. We're not going to have rumblings that he wants to leave. And then maybe we fire bud and, uh, and we try to try to go win in future years. But this seems like Chris Paul's final and last chance to that. Yeah. to win.
1: That. And the bucks they're really, I mean, they do feel like they're just one player short really. Yeah. And if Divincenzo's out there or, you know, they get someone else in the off season. I, I do think that this team will look better. You
0: know what this, next you know year. who would have been great on this team. Who's that Malcolm Brogdon I feel like he would have been really feel like he would have fit really well with this team. Just yeah. I, there's just, I mean, I, I don't know. I feel like that just feels like he, if he just, for whatever reason, maybe I just have, maybe I just, he just feels like a, a bucks player. Like he feels like he would
1: uh, fit really well on this team we've been talking shit about both these teams, personnel decisions over the past three years. And those were legit criticisms, but here they are here. They fucking are. And whether it's injury or not. And again, another player got injured last night. Yeah. Saric is out for the season. Um, there's like the asterisk talk. Fuck that. Every yeah. season is its own season. Yeah. And yeah. these are the teams that are in the finals You can do all that paper tiger bullshit and write down, well, if everybody's healthy, all you want to. It's never fucking happened in an NBA season. And this was a stranger one than most, for sure. But that should be even more of an impressive feat that you withstood all this fucking shit and you're still standing like these teams are tougher than the average NBA finals team, I think because they've gone through all of this and, you know, like they, they weren't doing health maintenance as much as some of the other teams were. So this is, I, I, I love this. I think it's awesome. It's great. Not seeing the usual suspects in the finals. And I really just sentimental wise. Like, I feel like Giannis has a pretty good shot to return to the finals. And Chris Paul maybe not. So I would like to see him win more than even though I love Giannis all day all night he's amazing. Um you know he's 26 he has another 10 years I think at least so yeah. I'd I'd rather the Suns win even though I can't stand that franchise. Agreed. I think we're all on the same page. Uh Make sure you subscribe
0: to the Fake Teams podcast. That's all we got for you this week. Uh, wherever you get your podcasts, iTunes, Spotify, Stitcher. That's how you'll not only get us, but also our Fantasy Baseball show, which has been dropping some episodes recently. So you'll want to make sure you tune in there. You can yes, follow sir. us on follow us on Twitter at TheLong2Podcast. We will be back at you next week, Natty. Until
1: then, stay safe, my friend. Enjoy the series, everybody. Stay cool. See you next time.